All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It's a redo of the intro of the Derek Hunter Show for the 9th of June. You'll hear the other intro. I already recorded the show, and I ended it about an hour ago, and right now it's quarter to ten, and all hell is broken loose. And I thought, oh, crap, I should go back and make this relevant to what's going on in the news. So... The uh, breaking news, you'll hear the the other stuff. The show coming up is great, by the way. It is great. I, uh, The president of the United States, former president of the United States, has apparently been indicted on seven charges and federal charges by Biden's Justice Department. Now, I, I want to be careful here because we don't know much about this. And I'll bring it up on the Weekend F and Review as we learn more, but... Just due to time constraints, the time is going to take me to add this to the show that's already recorded and upload it and everything. The show has to be live at midnight. That's that's the thing that has to be done. So what is going on? What are these seven counts? The president, Donald Trump has declared himself to be innocent. ABC News, former President Donald Trump has been indicted for a second time, this time on federal charges in relation to his handling of classified information while out of office, sources familiar confirmed to ABC. He is set to be arraigned in federal court in Miami on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Quote, we're learning from our sources that there appears to be at least seven counts here. This ranges from everything from willful retention of national defense information to conspiracy to a scheme to conceal to uh, false statements and representations, according to ABC News. In a statement uh, to the media and social media, Trump said it was a hoax. No point in going into any of this beyond that. I That's what we know. By the time you hear this, if you wake up in the morning like a normal person, uh, you'll probably have more live radio than this. But it is... Um, it's not surprising. It's surprising that they did this now, but you got to remember and realize that, and by the way, trying to get information on, on cable news over this in real time is just terrible. The state of cable news is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, the uh, Actually, CNN was the best. They, they, were the fa- they were the only ones, I think, who were actually live. But um, the other ones had to, like, wake up their hosts or get other hosts to come in and and fill, form a bridge so they could say that, oh, the, the show that was recorded in the afternoon, we got to scrap that. But it it seems like garbage to me. And if this case isn't airtight, if there isn't something, look, we don't know. We don't know what happened, what transpired. So if the case here isn't seriously, honestly ironclad, and unambiguous, not about something that, well, Joe Biden did too, that Mike Pence did too, that Bill Clinton did, that Barack Obama did, but serious evidence, irrefutable evidence of something else going on here that uh, makes it different than every other case that is similar, then we're really going to be in a place where there's going to be violence in this country. I don't like to say that. I don't want there to be violence, but People are going to be moved to it if this is what the government does. If this is just a BS case that they're going, yeah, well, Hillary did this. And she had her own server, so God, we only have her word to take for this. But we'll take for it. And James Comey, who just a couple of days ago said that it has to be Joe Biden. It must be Joe Biden who wins. Uh, the guy who cleared, quote-unquote, Hillary 
is out there full-throatedly endorsing Democrats now. And you go, hey, wait a second, maybe that's uh, a little bit of an indication of some politicking going on here or something to that effect, right? But no, if there isn't something ironclad and something truly damning, and it is not laid out in the indictment unambiguously, there's going to be hell to pay. There's going to be something and, and you don't want that nobody wants. But quite frankly, pfft, Democrats want and will benefit from. When you're sitting here and destroying a country and the rule of law, when you can have all this information, and I get into it in the show you're about to hear, about Joe Biden and where the hell did he get his millions from? And you can have that sitting out there with no media outfit at all really remotely interested in this story. Millions upon millions of dollars this guy got while being a public servant. He's living life of a king as a public servant. And they're going after Donald Trump for something that Joe Biden, Joe Biden had documents from when he was a freaking senator, for God's sake. That's how long he's had classified documents in his possession. How many times did he move? How many time, How many documents did Hunter roll up and smoke? And this, if this is what it is, this country's over and you really should, I don't know. We got we to gotta have a national divorce. And in order for that to take place, it could get really, really nasty because I don't think a lot of people are going to sit by and tolerate this crap. But anyway, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But that's enough for now because, like I say, I don't know enough to comment anymore. Nobody really does. We'll know more next week or I'll know more by the time I record the Week in F and Review, which you should sign up for at patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Now I've got to cut this into the show already done. It's a damn good show. Listen to it. And I'll see you guys next time. All righty. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the ninth day of June 2023. Happy <clears throat> glorious Friday to you, ladies and gentlemen. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. I'll be with you for the next hour-ish, hour-ish, somewhere in there. Yeah, it depends on how long I go. <coughs> Excuse me. Still under the weather, but I shall champion through because that's what I do. I'm still on a liquid diet, too, which really sucks. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. So far, so good, I guess. Won't bore you with the details. Don't forget about patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Check out the uh, Week in F and Review. Enter the contest. Brian Kilmeade versus Ray Lewis. A Hall of Famer versus a Hall of Fame TV guy. Autographed books from both. Five bucks a month to support the show. Would really appreciate the support. means a lot. All right, let's get into it. Big stories today, lots of developments, and the media is largely disinterested in most of it. It's really amazing to me how little interest there is in the prospect of a wildly corrupt president. It's so beyond the pale to the left. 
Now, is it? There's a couple of reasons. It could just be that they're left-wing hacks, and they simply do not care what their own side does. If some, if if Barack Obama killed and ate their dog, as he is wont to do. Now, not really. But if he'd killed and ate their dog, they probably would have said, "Well, you know what? He was a good dog, but he wasn't the best dog. So, what are you going to do? Let's move on." It seems as though there's literally nothing. These people will not excuse when it comes to a Democrat doing it. You really have to wonder, is there something that a Democrat could do? A level of hypocrisy, a layer of fraud, a, uh, a any kind of corruption that would cause these people to go, you know what, I'm sorry, I refuse to stand by that Democrat. There doesn't seem to be. There really literally does not seem to be. And I'm, I'm not saying that Joe, it's proven that Joe Biden is corrupt. I personally believe he is corrupt. How is it that you know somebody who is on a public servant salary and his wife is a teacher at a community college and a dumb one at that, how is it that they are able to afford two mansions? Two mansions. They before well he's retired after the pres, vice president right after the vice presidency he managed to buy a, an oceanfront property in Rehoboth which ain't cheap I can assure you it ain't cheap but what's more curious is before that a long time ago when he was just a lowly senator getting by on a public servant's wage he managed to buy a mansion an estate really that was formerly owned by the DuPont family. Now, the DuPont family is serious and old money. The Biden family is not serious, nor are they old money. They had money. Joe's father got swindled out of it. He blew it. He lost it. He was as as dumb as Joe was, and he lost the money. He didn't realize that he should have gone into public service because that's where the real money is. But so Joe bragged about, oh, I was the poorest member of the Senate. I was the poorest member in Congress. Blah. Then how is it that you managed to afford such a luxurious lifestyle? Normal people would have some questions about that. Normal people would have some questions about that. Normal people would have some questions about the fact that Joe Biden is now worth tens of millions of dollars. And you've got to wonder, how is it that Joe Biden became worth tens of millions of dollars? How is it? Well, the speeches, speeches, his book, his book really didn't sell tens of millions of dollars worth. How is it that Joe Biden and not just Joe Biden, because this is what's important to note. It's not just Joe. If it were just a former vice president of the United States giving speeches and racking up some some cash and some coin and sitting on boards and being honorary this or that or the other thing, you'd say, okay, well, maybe it's possible. It's po- it's unlikely. A vice president, not really somebody who most people give a damn about. You don't see Dick Cheney out there on the lecture circuit because there isn't a demand for it. There isn't really a demand for jo- Who wants to go, you know what, we've got a half million dollars for this year's corporate speech budget. Let's get a guy who lies about his own life to come out and really accomplish nothing, right? That's his one accomplishment was the crime bill back in the '90s, and now he has to denounce it. He's, he's responsible uh, directly for imprisoning more young black men than anybody else, probably in all of human history. So let's get him to. That's probably not going to happen. But it's not just 
Joe, and I cannot stress this enough, it is all the Bidens. All of the Bidens somehow live lifestyles. Oh, and they're sued for things like child support, like Hunter. They claim poverty. Oh, I'm so broke, I'm poor, I can't afford this, and i got to go back to my $20,000 a month mansion. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll plead poverty. No questions asked when the chips are down. But up until that point, they sure live really, really nice lifestyles. They have, well, as we learned recently, nine of them split uh, several million dollars from China through a bunch of LLCs. My question would be, um, what did any of them do to earn it? Any of them. Pick a Biden. You could, oh, was it, Hunt, what did Hunter Biden do? What did uh, Joe's brother do? What did Joe do? Why is, what did uh, Bo's widow and Hunter's ex side piece, what, what did any of them do? What did the granddaughter do for a company in China to earn anything? What service do they provide? What goods do they offer? Do they offer anything? I think you'll find the answer is no. But weirdly, there is no appetite to ask these questions in the media. None whatsoever. They could not care less. So we have this report. This is from Fox News. President Joe Biden was allegedly paid $5 million by an executive of the Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma Holdings, where his son Hunter Biden sat on the board, a confidential human source told the FBI during a June 2020 interview. Sources familiar with, uh, familiar told Fox News Digital. The sources briefed Fox News Digital on, why is there a difference between Fox News and Fox News Digital? It's embarrassing, but this reporter should be all over the place on Fox News, but they don't allow them on there. It's stupid. Uh, the source briefed Fox News Digital on the contents of the FBI-generated FD-1023 form alleging a criminal bribery scheme between then-President Joe Biden and a foreign national that involved influence over U.S. policy decisions. The FD-1023 form dated June 30th, 2020, is the FBI's interview of a highly credible confidential source who detailed multiple meetings and conversations he or she had with top Burisma executives over the course of several years, starting in 2015. That's back when Joe was still vice president. Fox News Digital has not seen the form, but it was described by several sources who are aware of its contents. This is wildly important. It is wildly important, and that is why the media is ignoring it. That's why they could not care less. That's why you get more questions about trans issues that affect nobody in the country. We're told, what is it, such a tiny percentage (coughs) constantly, and yet it occupies all of the Democrats' time and efforts. Okay, really? Really? Nobody's being oppressed. Nobody's doing anything, but somehow it's, it's going to eat up all your time. But you don't have time to find out whether or not the president of the United States took $5 million in bribes. Even the prospect of it. It'd be a really simple way for Joe Biden. Look, if I'm Joe Biden, there's a really simple way to clear all this. Well, first, let me play you this clip <coughs> of Joe Biden today at a press conference. He was asked about it. One 
<coughs> one reporter bothered to ask about it. Sorry. One reporter bothered to ask about it. And it was couched as about Nancy Mace, Congresswoman Nancy Mace. Congresswoman Nancy Mace says this. Why not you? Why not, some, why not just phrase it in the actual form of a question? They don't do that. They've got a couch. Look, Republican allegations are Republicans alleged. Democrat allegations are the story is. That's just how it works. So listen to this exchange. Wait, 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 wait. Bribery allegation. Congresswoman Nancy May says there's damning evidence in that FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to the congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, it's a bunch of malarkey. It's a bunch of malarkey. And then the next reporter immediately moved on to the, whatever it was that they were talking about. Trannies. Who cares? Uh, it's, just, it's a bunch of malarkey. That's it. That's all they need. Any investigative journalist out there at the New York Times, Washington Post will now go, well, I would have looked into it. But the president is on record saying it's a bunch of malarkey. And let's be honest, Joe Biden wouldn't lie, would he? I mean, except about his personal finances, his biography, his accomplishments, his fights he had, his, really just about every aspect of his life. When he started dating his current wife, right? You know, before she got divorced, she was still married. Ask her ex-husband. But no, no curiosity whatsoever in any of this. It's a bunch of malarkey. Well, what's a bunch of malarkey? What is it that they're talking about that's a bunch of malarkey? Well, <clears throat> Burisma, if that sounds familiar, the uh, prosecutor that Joe Biden got fired when he was vice president of the United States, the one in Ukraine said, I'll give you a billion dollars or you don't get a billion dollars if you don't fire this prosecutor, was actually looking into corruption at Burisma. Burisma desperately wanted his ass fired. And Joe Biden publicly admitted that, yeah, I, I did it. I'm proud of it. This is, this is the problem with dumb people. If you're going to go into a life of crime, never go into business with a dumb person. You may think that they, well, you can make them the fall guy if things go sideways. But ultimately, if things don't go sideways, they're going to make them go sideways because they're stupid and they'll start talking because of their stupidity. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I look, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Son of a bitch. He got fired. Yeah, he got fired. You fired, yeah, the prosecutor fired, who was looking into the company that was paying your son $80,000 a month. And ultimately, after a bunch of negotiation, paying you $5 million. And your response is, where's the money? Well, where are the bank records, Joe? Why don't you release all of your bank records? See, if I'm Joe Biden, and I really want to be reelected president of the United States. There is an easy way to go about this. There is an easy way to put not only egg on the face of every Republican, but a full-blown ostrich egg omelet on the face of every single Republican out there. What would that be? That would be open up the books, show everybody everything, and give a comprehensive interview probably with your accountant sitting there because he can't you know, he's can't remember what he did what he had for lunch let alone where his money is but answer all the questions sit down 
show everybody that you've got nothing to hide. We heard this all the time with Donald Trump, did we not? Donald Trump pleads the fifth. If he has nothing to hide, why is he trying to hide it? That's what the Democrats said. Why is he trying to hide it? Now they're setting up an obvious perjury trap for Donald Trump, and he's like, I'm not going to play that. I'll, uh, I'll exert executive privilege. Well, if he's got nothing to hide, why is he trying to hide something? Well, if Joe Biden has nothing to hide, why is he trying to hide stuff? But I'm more curious about why it is that the media journalists, people whose job it is, allegedly, to speak truth to power, seemingly have no interest in even the prospect of this. In even the prospect of this. This is a big deal. You can either make your case or make your your name as a journalist by outing a president of the United States as somebody who sold American foreign policy or... You could be the hero of your newsroom by exposing Republicans as being complete and total frauds. You could do both of those things, or either of those things. But nobody's interested in either of them. The fact that nobody is interested in proving Republicans are monsters and frauds leads me to lean more toward the possibility and the prospect that there is more fire there than we even know. There's a lot of smoke. I believe there's fire. I believe the President of the United States is corrupt because I've not heard a valid explanation as to how this man of humble means, who's rather dumb, managed to be worth millions upon millions of dollars. I also have a pride. I just, I wouldn't put anything past a man who could look at his granddaughter or refuse, I should say, to look at his granddaughter and refuse to acknowledge a granddaughter. That is sick. Are you, oh, your son, he's wildly uncomfortable. There's, there's not even a custody battle. Hunter wants nothing to do with this kid. He doesn't want to pay for this kid. All he wanted to do is smoke crack and make this kid. And as a devout Catholic, Joe Biden looks at that and goes, yeah, well, that sounds about right. There's, there's something just disgusting about that to me really thoroughly and completely disgusting about that. And there's a special place in hell waiting for Joe Biden. But anyway, yeah, Joe Biden was uh, sitting around with the uh, prime minister of the UK, came over. No official state dinner, can't be bothered for that. See, Joe doesn't like doesn't like uh, the prime minister as a Tory, as a conservative. Not super conservative, not what we think of here as conservative, but it doesn't matter. He's not fully on board with the left, so he doesn't deserve a state dinner. He can go to hell. So Joe Biden, when not calling things malarkey, he was he took a couple of questions, as there is with a joint... It's really embarrassing watching the President of the United States juxtaposed to another world leader because it's abundantly clear that Joe Biden is it's just gone. He's not there. He, he's, he's lost a, a couple of floors. Forget a stair. Forget a step. Forget a couple of steps. Staircases. He's lost a couple of floors. He's not there. He's reading his answers. But I will say this. You got a chance. I don't know who this person is. I tried to find out a little bit, but I couldn't figure it out. Um, I, you got a question for the President of the United States. This reporter at... And I use the sexist, derogatory term 
um, on purpose because they're it's she's bad, she's an embarrassment, she's terrible, and she's out there. And she's not asking a question. She's giving a campaign speech. She's giving a campaign speech to the president of the United States about trans issues, trans kids. I don't know. People are scared. Somebody's thinking about moving from Texas. So what? Who cares? First of all, are these people real? I just spent time with them. You love these anonymous things. Uh, this reporter, I just spent a time with some family in Texas. They're thinking about leaving. They're so scared. Really? They are? Yeah, they're totally scared. Who are they? I'd rather not say, well, you're a reporter. You spent time with them, presumably for a purpose, right? Before we get to Biden's joke of an answer that he read and he messed up the LGBTQ and whatever letters they have in there, can't, can't even read that properly. I want you to listen to this campaign speech and tell me that this reporter shouldn't be fired immediately. All over the country, Mr. President, Republican-led states are passing laws, uh, passing anti-LGBTQ, anti-transgender laws that restrict rights and medical care. Intimidation is on the rise. This week, anti-LGBTQ protesters turned violent in California. All right, wait, I'm going to stop it there for a second. Anti-LGBTQ protesters turned violent in California. That was Antifa that showed up and started beating the hell out of people. That was not, oh, people saying, leave our kids alone. It was parents saying, we don't want this crap taught in our schools. And Antifa showing up and starting fights. But this airhead, this piece of crap, doesn't care. This is why she should be fired. And also recently, I spoke to the parents of a transgender girl in Texas who told me that they're afraid and that they're considering leaving not just their state, but the country. Sir, why do you think this is happening? And what do you say to parents like the ones that I spoke to, to those families who are contemplating leaving the country because they don't feel safe anymore? Goodbye. Goodbye. If you can't live in a country that says you can't mutilate the genitals or the body or, you know, chemically castrate your child, uh, and you go, well, this is not the country I grew up in, then good riddance. Go someplace else. You won't go to to uh, Eastern Europe or Western Europe. They won't have it either. They're not going to tolerate this crap. They're saying the same things that conservatives are in this country. That's why the left will say, well, look to Europe, look to Europe, look to Europe every time, except for when, you know, it really matters. Don't you love that? That was a campaign speech couched as a question by some black-haired reporter. I don't know who she is. But by the end of the weekend, I suspect she'll have a show on MSNBC or something. She'll likely win some sort of award named after some dead journalist somewhere along the lines. And uh, she'll be a hero to the left. Now, the president's answer is something to behold because the president of the United States is reading it. I want you to now I'm going to go out on a limb here, express my opinion that this thing was planned ahead of time. This was planned ahead of time. This question might have even been planted. I don't know. I've never seen this reporter before. I've watched a lot of White House press briefings. So this person wasn't isn't there seemingly very often unless she's dramatically changed her appearance. So she's there and she gets a, you know, normally the foreign press gets a question. One, it's like two questions for each 
uh, the country, uh, the, the visiting dignitaries from and from the United States. Uh, this person is not British. They're an American. They're whining about America. So, you know, they're liberal. They probably work for the Huffington Post or something like that. But I don't recall having seen this person ask questions before, which means that in a circumstance like this, where the, the questioners at a minimum are pre-selected by the White House, this was clearly a planted question, in my opinion. Now, this reporter obviously has no journalistic ethics. You don't ask a question like that if you have journalistic ethics. You just you, you don't even ask the question. You just give, Mr. President, I'd like to give a monologue right now. And you just go and say what you say. But it's very interesting to me that the President of the United States, upon hearing this question, he probably didn't know the rambling question she had set out for. But it's abundantly clear that he knew the topic. Because everything you're about to hear from the President of the United States, and it's, it's a long answer, everything you're about to hear from him, he's reading. Now, why would you send the President of the United States out there with two and a half minutes of written text on a topic that is not one of the subjects at hand in dealing with the UK's Prime Minister unless you knew the question was coming, right? You heard the question. Here's the answer. First of all, maybe quietly when we finish this, you can give me the number of that family and I will call them, let them know that the president and this administration has their back. And I mean that. Look, uh, as president, I was proud to end the ban on transgender troops in our military, sign the Respect for Marriage Act, strengthen the civil rights protections for LBGT Americans, and advance LGBT human rights around the globe. But our fight is far, far from over because we have some hysterical and, I would argue, prejudiced people who are engaged in all what you see going on around the country. It's, a, it's an appeal to fear, and it's an appeal that is totally, thoroughly unjustified and ugly. It's wrong for that a person can be married in the morning in the United States and uh, fired in the afternoon by their employer because they are uh, they're gay. Um, it's wrong that the violence and hate crimes targeting LGBTQ people is rising. It's wrong that extreme officials are pushing hateful bills targeting transgender children, terrifying families and criminalizing doctors. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. It's cruel and it's callous. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. They're the kids that are, and our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country. And the fact is that uh, I'm announcing today a series of new initiatives that we're taking to protect the LGBT community. We're going to do this at the four out on the South Lawn. We're having Pride Day. We're going to have to postpone it because of the, the, the climate, because of the weather and the, and the pollution out there because of the fires. But uh, number one, we're going to strengthen the physical safety, uh, dedicated resources, the federal coordination of better protect pride celebrations, marches, community centers, health care providers and small businesses. <clears throat> Secondly, we're addressing the civil rights violations, a new coordinator to protect LGBT students from book bans, 
which make it harder for kids to learn and may violate their civil rights at the same time. We're also engaging in mental health and, and, and other supports, more mental health resources and funding to help families support their kids, new efforts to protect LGBTQ kids in foster care, and steps to end the absolute end of LGBTQ homelessness. Congress has to pass, and I'm not giving up on this, just like they told me we couldn't get the Marriage Act passed. Congress must pass, must pass the Equality Act and send it to my desk. LGBTQ Americans, especially children, you're loved, you're heard, and this administration has your back, and I mean it. We are not relenting one single second to make sure that they're protected. Again, I would like to remind you that Joe Biden will not acknowledge a granddaughter of his and uh, pretends they don't exist, pretends this girl doesn't exist. She's five or six. She's she's old enough to know now who her family is, and she's old enough to feel the sting of rejection by her father, by her grandfather, by her airhead grandmother, by all of the Biden family. This guy is going to, don't worry, I'm going to stand by you. I give you my word as a Biden, as long as you're politically useful and not politically embarrassing to the people who cut checks to my campaign, I will stand by you throughout. Yeah, uh, I'm not even really exaggerating there. It is rather disturbing and disgusting. But that's what was going on at the White House today. Now, I saw this, and I I don't... Let me couch it. I didn't see this on the air. But I know that these things happened before, and I know that these things have happened before uh, on Fox News. Just so you know what we're really up against in the fight for sanity, for rational thought, for common sense, and for just leaving kids alone. Well, they're my children. Yeah, okay. If somebody's beating the hell out of their kid, do you, do you take the, hey, it's my kid, I can beat the hell out of it if I want. You don't take that. You don't accept that. Sick things people do to kids, kids do need some protections. And Munchausen by proxy syndrome is a real thing. There is a currency in certain circles to having victimhood children, to having victimized children, to being a member of a marginalized group. The left loves that. That's their safe word, marginalized. I swear to God. It is really disturbing how they they butcher the definition of words and concepts. Marginalized community. We need to marginalize community. Who, how is the gay community marginalized? On what planet <clears throat> is the gay community marginalized? Now, in a lot of other countries, in many countries where you leftists like cheer and say we should be more like them, gay people certainly are marginalized and thrown off buildings. I mean, but you ignore that. You don't really care about that. Be gay in Ukraine. I don't think that's a super good time. Might not be illegal, but I'm pretty sure it's not fun. But we've got to send uh, as much money as possible and as necessary to Ukraine. Well, the um, the stench of political correctness and the celebration of Pride Month. I say forget Pride Month. Give me Dignity Month. Why is it that veterans get one day and people who sleep with people of the same gender get a whole month. Why should they get a whole month? What's so special about them? And then you got 
Trans Visibility Day, Trans Awareness Day, Coming Out Day, etc., etc., Whiny Victimhood Day. My God, if we were all this big of victims, we'd be rich. Every third character on television, it's probably up to half now, is gay. I'm like, ah, you're either 3% of the population or 10% of the population. Whatever you are, you're over. Democrats very much concerned about representation on television. They don't really seem to give a damn about and representation and everything. They don't really seem to give a damn about overrepresentation of groups they favor. But I want you to listen to this report because this is you're going to the first name or the first voice you're going to hear is Dana Perino, and it's from Fox News. And you think this is just a left wing thing? Since Roger Ailes died, Fox, the culture at Fox, you think Fox is different? Fox, yes, it is. The culture at Fox has changed dramatically. Roger Ailes was a conservative. He was interested in conveying the information you couldn't get anywhere else. In fact, the news that the left did not want you to have access to. Information the left wanted to keep from you. That was what Roger Ailes did. That's what he brought to Fox News. That's what made Fox News so revolutionary and so irritating for the left. Now, it is, they leave their opinion people alone and and when they do commentary, it's mildly conservative. Sometimes it's frankly, I don't know, it's, it's lacking in depth and you sit there and you watch certain shows, especially with multiple hosts on midday and you just go, oh my God, these people are so stupid. Where do they go? It's, it's slightly, when you're, you're, you're putting out a product that is only slightly more educated than the view, you're doing something wrong. Like, yeah, this food is full of botulism and it'll kill you. But this food is only has enough botulism in it that it's going to make you violently ill for a week. Like that's, it's not the pathway to getting a Michelin star. Let's just put it at that. But anyway, listen to this report from Fox News. And tell me this couldn't appear on MSNBC. And this is seemingly done because management over there is not... They're, they're left... And the Alphabet Mafia controls everything. And apparently nobody in in corporate media has the stones to stand out. I'm not saying have massive, let's just rip these people apart stories. This, This story serves no purpose whatsoever. It's not a news story. This is a puff piece. This is a fluff piece. This is... This is an embarrassment. The people who put this together should literally hang their heads in shame. This is propaganda. It serves no purpose other than it's Pride Month. It's Pride Month. So let's just show how tolerant we are. That's all this does. Listen to it for yourself. Highlight the story of Rylan Whittington, whose journey of transitioning at age five has been seen by seven million people in a family YouTube video. Brian Yenis has a story about that family that hopes their experience can help others. Watch here. If you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't think anything different. 14-year-old Rylan Whittington is a typical Southern California teenager. And the Whittingtons, along with mom Hillary, dad Jeff, and sister Brinley, are a typical family. 
The only difference, though, in Ryland's eyes, is what this family can mean to the tens of thousands of kids under 18 who identify as transgender. We put our story out there so people could see that like, there's another family out there that is going through what we're going through, or there's another family who's proud of who they are. Before Ryland could even speak, he managed to tell his parents that he is a boy. That's the kicker part right there. Before Ryland could even speak, <clears throat> he managed to tell his parents that he was a boy. How? Do you really, do, did Dana Perino, I don't know, this is this is why the caveat at the beginning, I don't know if this is from this year or last year or whatever, but does Dana Perino recognize how insane that is? Why does she read it? If she doesn't, if she, if, if she does. If she doesn't, then I don't know what to tell you. But why would she read that? Oh, it's an inspiring story, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was able to tell his parents that he's a boy before he could even talk. How? Did he write it out? How would a six-month-old baby girl indicate to their parents that they're a boy? They can't walk. Maybe they could pull themselves up. Was the baby pulling herself up on the couch and pretending to stand at a urinal and relieve herself or something? I mean, what in the hell kind of thing is that? That right there should be a massive red flag going, what the hell? Before she could, t well, she would uh, not play with the Barbies. She would play with the G.I. Joes. Oh, so you she grabbed something you waved in front of her face and you've decided to alter her life trajectory because of that? Well, she did. Tickle me Elmo. She didn't want to tickle me Elmo. She she punched Elmo. The, what? No. There is literally nothing a child can do before they can talk that can indicate their gender. There's literally nothing. All they do is poop and pee and eat, sleep and cry and laugh. And that's it. That is it. They are a pooping paperweight. Then they start to talk. And even then, it takes a while for them to be able to form coherent sentences. But we're supposed to believe, and Fox News put out there for no reason other than, hey, it's Pride Month. The idea that this kid said, uh, you know what, I know I can't communicate with you in any way, shape, or form. You don't know if I'm hungry, if I got a poop in my diaper, if I'm gassy, whatever. I know you don't know that, but I'm going to psychically tell you that I my vagina is a penis or should have been a penis. And we'll just uh, we'll wink and nod at each other and we'll go from there, right? Because that sure as hell what it seems like. They started, oh, Ryland's a girl. Or no, Ryland's a boy. Let's start putting Ryland in boy clothes. Let's start buying Ryland boy toys. Let's start referring to Ryland as a boy. And guess what happens when you... Take a child, which is really nothing more than a ball of clay, and start forming it into what you want it to be. It becomes what you want it to be. You can convince somebody that they are what they are, especially somebody who's an early teenager, just now starting puberty, has no freaking concept of what gender is yet, no real concept of it. But you've now convinced this girl that he's a boy, she's a boy, you're a boy. This is child abuse. Look, I'd have more respect for somebody if, like, at the age of 10, after 
thoroughly discussing things and, and a, a little bit of life and experience, they said, I think I might be this. But no, this is before they could even talk. Were they tapping it out in Morse code? Were they tapping it out? In, were they blinking it out in Morse code? Like that uh, that message in the uh, Vietnam POW camps where people thought, oh, he's just he's blinking because of the lights are so bright. But no, he was doing Morse code for torture. He was letting everybody know what these people were doing to him. Is that what we're to believe with this kid? No. Well, I guess apparently it is what we're supposed to believe with this kid, which is insane, which is damaging, which is dangerous. And the so-called conservative news web news network highlights this, celebrates this. We're going to celebrate it because it's Pride Month. All right, well, you know what? We're going to condemn genital mutilation, except for in genital mutilation month. And then we'll do stories about Ayan Hirsi Ali and the, the scourge of genital mutilation in, in the third world Middle East and in, in Arabic country. But you know what? Come July, we're going to show, tell tales of Elliot Page's triumph over having genitals that function and uh, all the other crap out there. No, you would never do that. Child molestation month. Oh, all right. Well, child molestation is bad. Everybody agrees with that. But minor attracted persons are real. And we need them to know that we see them. We see you. And not in a way that we're going to beat the crap out of you and put you in jail. But, you know, we see you. We, we understand that just because you're a minor attractive, you can't be held responsible. Love is love, right? This is insane. This is why I tell you to turn this crap off. There really isn't anything worth watching on cable news. There really isn't. Until, like, yes, they're going to remake CNN in some way, shape, or form. I don't have any faith that I will be the candidate for the Discovery Network to do that. But I should be. That being said, I don't think that Fox is looking for new management. I think Fox is dug in its heels and dug in its head and they're going to continue down this path and i don't i I don't know maybe somebody on air will say something it'd be nice it'd be interesting it would be brave it would be heroic it'd be wildly out of character but you know look i'm risking nothing here i get paid nothing to do this podcast and i'm well i have writing jobs but my main job is i'm unemployed so I'm not risking losing my job. If I was making millions of dollars, would I be saying the same thing? I'd sure like to think so. Um, but I can't guarantee it. But I'm not making millions of dollars. If somebody said, you're going to stop making millions of dollars, if you, I find that most people I've worked for anyway end up being scumbags. So <laughs> put yourself... So if they tell you, no, you can do whatever you want, we're never going to tell you what to say, that's usually a lie. Eventually, they will, and they'll pull the, don't be so conservative. Stop being so, do you have to be so this? We need more diversity and crap like that. And that's what you're getting with Fox. How about you just get intelligent, competent people to inform the audience of the events of the day? Doesn't seem like it'd be that hard, but it seems... Like it's the hardest damn thing in the world if you just look at people trying to do it and failing. All right. Before I start, I don't know where my cough is coming from. Before we uh, totally lose to cough land, I want to get into a couple of other things because um, 
The smoke up and down the eastern seaboard is a big, big deal. Now, where I, in Washington, D.C. area, it was bad today. Woke up and you could see the haze and the fog and everything. Like, whoa, that's, that's probably, you could smell it outside in the morning. By, by late afternoon, you couldn't smell it anymore and you couldn't see the haze and the fog. But still, I wouldn't recommend going doing calisthenics outside if you have asthma or something like that. But the geniuses over at CNN, it, it's amazing because I've, I've heard from a couple of listeners talking about how the media is obsessed with this. And out west, they deal with this all the time. There's like a burning season. There's smoke season out there out west. Why? Because there's millions upon millions of unoccupied acres and lightning strikes and, and idiots with cigarette butts and campfires who don't know how to put them out or shouldn't be lighting them in the first place. Where we were just in Michigan, it was a, a big, well, not huge, but a big uh, wildfire. Wildfires happen all the time. They have anything to do with climate change. You say, well, water, blah, the drought, blah, blah. It has nothing to do with it. Spare me all that crap. There are all sorts of things that um, happen naturally. Like, you know, California, it's a dry season out in Southern California, Los Angeles area. It's getting very, very little rain. It's been a long time. Yeah, because before Los Angeles was founded, it was a desert. Yeah, people irrigated that area. That's what happened. And they made it not be a desert. But it's, that doesn't change the climate. But then again, arrogant human beings have always thought they could change the weather. It's been the cornerstone of how many different you know, spy movies and monster movies. I mean, we're going to change the well, my weather machine. Well, yeah, no, you, 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 don't, you don't have it. You can't deal with it. But that doesn't stop geniuses and morons alike from going on and trying to convince the world that it's all our fault uh, that natural weather patterns exist and somehow we have to act. We got idiots like Bill Gates trying to seed the clouds to reflect light back up, stupid things like that. Um, but it's not very often that you hear so much stupidity crammed into one short clip from somebody who's you know a self-appointed smart person. Bill Weir is the climate reporter over at CNN. You wouldn't know he's a reporter in any way, shape, or form. He's a hyperventilating activist, but whatever. Here he is basically saying we need to get everybody into electric cars. It's the only way to, to are they going to put sails on them? It's the only way to save the planet because of the wildfires from Canada, because Canada has piss poor uh, fire management like we do here in this country, thanks to left wingers. And then he also says something that is just so typical lefty. Well, you got this big problem here. It's, it's hitting everybody. The, the, West, the East Coast of the United States is being choked. Again, ignoring the West Coast constantly happens. The East Coast of the United States is being choked by the smoke. And it's hitting minority populations particularly hard. How? How? I'll maybe extrapolate on that uh, after. We highlight the story of Rylan Whittington, whose journey of transitioning at age five has been seen by seven million people in a family YouTube video. Brian Yenis has a story about that family that hopes their experience can help others. Watch here. 
if you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't think anything different. 14-year-old Rylan Whittington is a typical Southern California teenager. And the Whittingtons, along with mom Hillary, dad Jeff, and sister Brinley, are a typical family. The only difference, though, in Ryland's eyes, is what this family can mean to the tens of thousands of kids under 18 who identify as transgender. We put our story out there so people could see that, like, there's another family out there that is going through what we're going through, or there's another family who's proud of who they are. Before Ryland could even speak, he managed to tell his parents that he is a boy. Yes, now I love these, these studies that come out. They just make things up. Somewhere along the line, somebody must have gotten a probability study right. And so, and they got a couple of polls right that actually jived with the end result. And ever since then, they've been dining out and going, well, here's a new study that says if you do this in a thousand years, this will happen. Oh, my God. Well, we must alter course right now. Well, who's going to be alive in a thousand years? Not us. Not anybody listening to this. Unless it's a thousand years from now, in which case, you know, what's going on? How you doing? Um, but the idea behind these studies, it's just probabilities. And actually, it's its best guess. It's not even best guesses. These people, it's, it's the study for how climate change is going to kill us all. We'll come up with a study that is cited by these people going, oh, well, it turns out that the study, the Institute for how climate change is going to kill us all, has a new study out that says climate change is going to kill us all. Well, you don't say. Well, who'd have thought? Stop all the presses. Yeah, the study, the, the Institute for uh, Gender Transformation and Gender Fluidity says that transgenderism is real. And they did a study, and it's called, look, if you click on the link right at the top of the page, it says study. So it's a study, right? It hasn't been peer-reviewed. Oh, well, this one has been peer-reviewed by the Institute for Genital Mutilation of Children. And they said it totally checks out. So, yeah, let's, I, I make fun of it because what else can you do? You just sit there and you pull your hair out and curse at these people because they deserve just that. Well, it's going to be uh, the climate change. If we just get rid of all the cars. Oh, all right. We'll save 90,000 lives. Well, I hate to break it to you, Bill Weir. And I always love these sorts of things. But people will die anyway. People will con Those people whose lives are saved somehow miraculously from driving electric vehicles i don't i assume none of them are blind because they won't be able to hear the electric vehicles coming when they run over them but i assume that those people will die of something else see the vast majority of people i'd even go out on a limb and say almost all with rare exception of the people who in this country die because of just we'll play bill weir's game poor air quality because of forest fires not ascribing any reason for the forest fire, but those people are elderly. Those people have comorbidities. Those people have already have health problems. If you have been a smoker, you're 75 years old or you're 85 years old and you've been a smoker since you were 14 years old, 
and suddenly the air quality drops dramatically around where you are, particularly because of smoke from a forest fire, you're probably going to have, at a minimum, difficulty breathing. It's not going to be a fun time for you. You're not going to want to take on the stairs. Should we then say, well, everybody's got to drop 60 grand on a new vehicle so that that person who probably still smokes can live longer? Well, I'm sorry, I don't want that person to die. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that you have to, there comes a point where we have to live our lives. We have to live our lives. And we cannot be governed and should not be governed. It's a dangerous tyranny that's governed by the worst case scenario. Democrats do this all the time. They find the worst case scenario and they swear six ways from Sunday that it's not, in fact, a rarity. That it is, in fact, the norm. And you are really only one or two paychecks away from that happening to you, whatever it is. It's that level of insanity. So the rare, and I would say that there are very few people who die from uh, from these, these air condition qualities. Just like air conditioners, a heat wave. So many people have died. A hundred seniors have died this week in New York. It's always in New York City because if it doesn't happen in New York, they don't give a damn about it. In New York City, a hundred seniors have died from the heat. Okay, are you sure? Because it's just like they died with COVID. Did they die from COVID or did they die with COVID? Did they die when it was hot? See, calling them seniors and saying this 85-year-old man was pulled... That makes me think that maybe, just maybe, hear me out, not sure, but maybe, just maybe, that person, their time was up. It happens. Now, would it have been their time had the uh, air conditioner been cranked up to uh, 68 degrees? I don't know. But I also know for a fact that nobody declaring that these people died from the heat know either. I don't know how you die from heat in an era where there's electricity, where there's an era where there's fans. Now, I've heard the stories a lot of times when the leftist governments go, we need to, we need to give, distribute so hot, this heat wave, we need to distribute air conditioners. And what do they do? They distribute window unit air conditioners to various uh, underrepresented communities and poor people. They do it. They go nuts. They, oh, here's here's your window unit air conditioner. And they crank up the AC during the heat wave. And then what happens? The pawn shops are inundated shortly thereafter with air conditioners. Why? Because you get 50 bucks for an air conditioner at a pawn shop, especially a new one barely used. Guarantee it works. I just cooled my house. But now that it's only in the 70s, I don't need it anymore. I need 50 bucks. If government were smart, of course, government wouldn't be in this business at all, but if government were smart, you put air conditioning units into the buildings there or something. But no. Or you rent them. You loan them. You say, all right, we're going, we don't want you to die. Give us a $50 deposit. And when the heat wave is over, we'll come back, pick up the air conditioner and give you 50 bucks back. Better yet, we'll give you 60 bucks back since we're going to waste the money. And then put them in a warehouse until the next heat wave. But they never do that because government isn't smart. Government isn't capable of being smart. It's just bizarre. But at the end there, when he says, this particularly hits communities of color, 
the smoke. The smoke? Does forest fire smoke know where black people live? Is forest fire smoke racist? Coming this weekend on 60 Minutes. Maybe I'll get into this. Uh, I'll get into this on the weekend F and review. I'll get into all of this because this whole thing is just driving me nuts. And it deserves to be sworn about. But honest to God, well, it hits community. Why? Well, hey, hey, smoke. Yeah, what's up, smoke? I was thinking about going all out over the Atlantic, you know, but then I realized that there's no black people that live out in the Atlantic. There's no islands really out there this high up north. So, um, I mean, we could go back and get Canada, but that's nothing but white people. We don't want to do that. Let's go find some black people. All right, smoke. I'll follow your lead. Where do these leftists get their ideas from? It's... (laughs) I'd say it's a mystery, but it's not a mystery. They just make it up. We know where they get their ideas from. They just make it up. I'll go into, I'll go, yeah, as a matter of fact, this is kind of pissing me off. So that, as of now, is my plan for the weekend after review for at least part of it. Now I want to play you something, speaking of idiots, speaking of idiots who deal with forest fires. Gavin Newsom, my God, he is so desperate to be the 2028 nominee. He's really desperate to be the 2024 nominee for the president of the United States for Democrats. He's hoping against hope that Joe Biden collapses or dies or something. And it's possible. It's entirely possible. And so he's positioning himself. I mean, think about this. This guy, Governor Hairdo, who slept with his best friend's wife when he was mayor of San Francisco, is in the news more often than the vice president of the United States. And the media absolutely loves the vice president of the United States, not because of anything she does or even because she's pleasant to be around. She's not. She hasn't done anything. It's because she's historic. She's a black woman. She's the first woman. She's also Indian. They throw that one in there occasionally. It's ever, you say, God, she's horrible. You you just don't let, you have a problem with a strong black woman. It's never, you have a problem with a strong Indian American woman. They never say that. Kamala Harris is only Indian when it suits her needs. She's only black when it suits her needs. She's whatever she needs to be. But apparently her existence doesn't suit anybody's needs because you hear more about the white guy governor of California than you do about the first black woman vice president of the United States. And he is sitting there in the bushes waiting, waiting like a stalker to jump out and kidnap the family. It is something to behold. And so... In an attempt to make himself even more high profile, he has released, he wants to, uh, he's introducing the 28th Amendment to the Constitution. He wants a constitutional amendment to limit the Second Amendment. Now, I will give him credit for this. This is the first time in a long time that a Democrat has bothered to acknowledge the existence of the Constitution and the existence of a Second Amendment, and that the Second Amendment is pretty unambiguous. And in order for you to change it, you have to actually amend the Constitution. So I will give him credit for that. I don't know that he thought this through very much because I'm not sure there's a base in the Democratic Party who will cede that the Second Amendment means what it plainly says. And he could end up pissing them off. But he wants to introduce the 28th Amendment to do all sorts of stuff. Every time it's the same. They tell us we can't stop these massacres. They tell us we have to stand by and watch tragedy after tragedy unfold in our communities. They say we can't stop domestic terrorism without violating the Second Amendment. And the thoughts and prayers are the best we can do. 
I'm here to say that's a lie. In this country, we do have the power, the power to change things, to reclaim our freedom from fear. Our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. The 28th Amendment permanently enshrines four additions to the laws of our land. It raises the minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. Because if you can't buy a beer, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. It mandates universal background checks to prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that can be used in a crime. It institutes reasonable waiting periods for all gun purchases, and it bans civilians from buying assault rifles, those weapons of war our founding fathers never foresaw. This will guarantee states as well the ability to enact common sense gun safety laws while leaving the Second Amendment intact and respecting America's gun-owning tradition. The 28th locks in the common sense constitutional protections that Democrats, Republicans, independents, and gun owners overwhelmingly support. And it ensures NRA-owned politicians can never strip those protections away. This fight won't be easy, and it certainly won't be fast. Convening a constitutional convention requires two-thirds of the states to call for this. California will be the first. But that's just the beginning. Join us by going to campaignfordemocracy.com and signing the petition. To protect our communities and protect our freedom, support the 28th. Support the 28th. It's really just an attempt to build up an email list for when he does run for president, be it this year, next year, or in five years. That's really all this is. It's a bit of genius marketing. There's there's literally no appetite in the states, in most of the states, for this kind of crap. And the vast, uh, the majority, I believe, of states are now constitutional carry states, so they're not about to sign on to this crap. But it is a couple of things are interesting in there. One in particular sticks out to me: is the you have to be twenty-one to buy a beer. Why shouldn't you be twenty-one to buy a gun? Meanwhile, Gavin Newsom is standing in the schoolhouse door trying to block parents from getting in to make sure that the transition surgery of teenagers or younger or the hormone injections or whatever, that those continue at pace with no slowdown whatsoever. So you cannot be, you got to be 21 in order to buy a gun. That would carry more weight if these people also said, and you should also be 21 before you slice parts of your body off because you're having a mental breakdown. But no, they don't. I also love the idea that uh, we need universal background checks on all gun purchases, so guns can't be purchased and used as a crime. You ever notice that the, the guns used in crimes actually all went through the background check in the mass shootings? They're bought by leftists with mental problems, with pronouns in their bio, and then they... Uh, then they go in and they kill people. Or the guns used in street crime. If you put universal background checks, the vast majority, by the way, of murders in this country are handguns. They have nothing to do with so-called assault weapons. They're handguns. And they're perpetrated by and against young black men who purchase a gun illegally somewhere along the line. Do you really think a dude selling a Glock out of his trunk 
for 500 cash is going to go, all right, well, give me the 500 cash. Give me 250 as a deposit. Then give me your fingerprints. Fill out this form. I'm going to need a social security number and a permanent address. And I'll meet you in the back of this Denny's in seven days, provided everything goes well, and you will then have your gun. Do you really think that's going to happen? Of course not. This isn't about stopping crime. Hell, they don't want to put criminals in prison. What they really want to do is make their political enemies criminals. That's what this is about. Make no mistake about it. That and his ambitions to be president of the United States. Because if you could screw his chief of staff and best friend's wife when he was the mayor of San Francisco, just imagine the tale he's going to pull at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, he's that scummy. Anyway, that's enough for today. You'll get more on all this and a whole bunch of other stuff in the Week in F and Review at patreon.com slash Podcast or derrickhunter.locals.com. The news, the way it deserves to be talked about in a humorous and vulgar way because uh, it might not be funny, but these people are a joke. I'll see you guys hopefully tonight at midnight or on Monday. Have a great one.